Hey everybody, it's episode 135 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett here with David Vicito. Good morning, Bob Claggett and Jimmy Duresta. Good morning. And yeah, we also have Jimmy Duresta. What's hey, up? What's up, guys? It's an early morning hey. here in California. You guys know I'm in California, right? Yes, I knew that. <laughs> I know. Did you know that, David? Uh, I could tell by how sunny it looks and in your hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's the first time I ever have light on my face. Every time we talk, I'm always in silhouette for some reason. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, well, it's way earlier. We usually record uh, late afternoon, and now it is mid morning for us. Early morning for Jimmy. Yeah, well, because I have a busy day, so I just have no idea. You know, guys, I'm working on. Everybody knows I'm working on a TV show. I just can't say what it is or what it's about. But it's all day long. It's been like 14 hour days because on. Saturday, we work Saturday night. We went to like 9.30, 9 o'clock at night. So today, they have to make up, I think it's union rules. So instead of starting at 6 a.m., which is what we usually do, well, they pick me up at 6. We start at like 6.30. Today, everything has moved over a couple hours because I think we went so late on Friday. I'm, I'm assuming. They give us the notes the night before, the call sheets that say what time you got to be ready in the morning. And consistently, it's been pickup for me at 6 a.m. But today, pickup is at 9.30. So I get to... Crazy. Exercise before work instead of after, which is something I've never done in five years. I haven't exercised ever. Hmm. Now I'm exercising <laughs> every day, so I feel really good about that. Nice. I mean, are you feeling good about it? Like you actually feel good or are you just tired because of it? A little of everything, but you know, I'm tired for good reason as opposed to staying up till six in the morning editing video, which is usually what I've been doing, you know, which is usually why hmm. I'm tired. But I'm really trying to get in just... Uh, at least an hour in the gym, run on the treadmill, get warmed up, and then lift weights, which is used to be my old routine. What happened with me is since I cut my finger, which is – I have no excuse now. That's been so many years ago. That excuse is so stale. <laughs> but when I cut my finger, I couldn't exercise because the bone had time – needed time to graft. And so what I was doing uh, right up until my injury, I was exercising and jogging all the time. And then when that happened, everything just completely halted and it never got picked up again until this week. So that's six years. Took me six years to put on 25 pounds, and so now I'm going to try and lose it. So it lose it in six months. Now I'm going to try and lose it in six days. So I'm trying to do nope. for episode three. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's ambitious. <laughs> no, I just think I, I'm here. I have no excuse. Like I don't have too much. I don't have too much to edit. Obviously, I haven't been creating a lot of content. I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but I need to wait to show that. So this vlog, this that I'm going to try and put together today, is going to have just a couple of little smatterings of like kind of behind the scenes stuff, but I can't really explain it. But I have no excuse. So the gym is sitting down there. They got a beautiful gym and it's open 24 hours a day. So I can go late and I can go early. So hmm. that's, that's going to be my new focus for a couple of weeks. So Nice. It's yep. a good thing. When this is over in a few weeks, I would love to do a show where we just interview you and talk about the process of how a TV show works. Oh, sure. Yeah. This, um, I've been sending you guys pictures of some of the craziness. You know, we shoot with one camera. The show is being shot with 20 cameras. There's 20 cameras. And they got the, the – it's such a small world. You know how they say you never know who you're going to meet and when you're going to meet him again. Richard is the director of the show, a guy named Richard. And I had a meeting with him for five minutes in Soho 10 years ago about a TV show pitch. And now here he is, the director of the show. He came right up to me. He goes, dude, do you remember me? And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't remember. He goes, remember we had the meeting at that coffee shop about this TV show? I was like, oh, my God. It's such a small world. And he had been following what yeah. I've been up to, so he really knows. Like, he knew what I what I've been doing, especially since my name came up on the show. All these behind the scenes guys who knew me before I I had any, you know, knew before I knew I was going to be involved because they were all talking about me. 
And so anyway, he, he invited me to sit in the control room. And that's, I sent you guys some pictures from the control room where there's like 20 cameras going on. And, and he's kind of calling a live edit, which is crazy. It's like a football game. While it's going on, he's kind of calling a live edit just so they have. And then there's 25 people taking notes and doing all edit notes so that when they go to really fine cut the show, they have a starting point. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's, I'm learning so yeah. much just hanging out here. It's, it's really incredible. Are you learning awesome. anything that you can apply to what you do? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, like it's just a little bit of comedic timing because I'm hanging out with two super funny people and uh, they're, they're just always so funny. It's really amazing. And, uh, so they're just learning from the pros. There's a writer on staff, a comedic writer. So I'm just listening to him and watching him kind of dissect the, uh, the chemistry of comedy and some of that stuff. And like everyone said, he's got an assistant, so the two of them are always pounded on the computer, and then they run around with printouts and hand it to everybody, and then they're kind of doing like little cold reads on the side between takes. It's kind of funny. Uh, hmm. It's fun to watch that for sure. And then, and then just the production of things and asking the technical guys, like, what kind of microphone is that? And stupid stuff like that. I'm always asking questions. They all get annoyed with me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I ask too many questions. <clears throat> But yeah, no, awesome. yeah I'm learning so much that I don't even know what I'm learning, you know, because I'm just like looking at everything. Yeah, it'll it'll be that kind of thing where you're just absorbing and then like down the road when you need a microphone, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that time I asked that guy that one thing about the microphone. And I'll you tell know. you one thing I've done. I've done five shows like in my life for cable TV. And this isn't cable. This is a completely different stratosphere, which is just insane. Really? Did I show you guys? I think I showed you guys the back of the call sheet. Was it the other day I showed you guys? I showed somebody yeah, on yeah. Skype. The, call, the back of the call sheet has got 150 names, and about 90% of those people are around full-time. It's wow. insane. When, when they call lunch, it is like it looks like a FEMA tent in a city. There's like that many people like going up to get food. Wow. And the food Crazy. is amazing, so, so that's why i got to stay away from the tent. <laughs> Do you have any idea when you're going to be able to like fill everybody in, the <clears throat> listeners in, on what's going I on? I ask every day, and they won't tell me. They're like, just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah gotcha. i don't know i wish i wish uh hopefully soon I'll, I'll keep nagging them until they there are a lot of people involved in the show that are kind of hinting and teasing that's what they told me but i haven't noticed it honestly i've been looking and i haven't seen anything on anybody's social media but whatever i mean i'm making a show and it involves me making stuff and it's hopefully it's it's going to make it to air and it's going to be good nice so, you get to talk about it eventually. So yeah, cool. <laughs> David, what have you been up to? Well, I just put out the. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the little finger joint boxes that I made. Yeah, that is amazing. Those yeah. look beautiful. I yeah. thought the old so, one was the one you made that you cut, like you stained it. Oh uh, no! Yeah, so this old one, we can't find out an exact date, but it's probably around ninety years old based on eBay descriptions. But uh, when we when we got the house. Uh, this box of keys was left here and it just has like three dozen keys that we have no idea what they go to and uh, I was like that's just a cool looking box I'm gonna set this out for decoration and then last week when I was talking about uh, I didn't know what I was going to make I'm like this seems like the perfect project I'll see if I can replicate it and uh, yeah I made mm, about seven of seven of them and then I laser etched a couple of them with the I tried to do the same uh, design and typeface on a couple of them. It came out really good. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Cool. You'll find I haven't, I haven't seen the video yet. 
I haven't seen the video yet. How did you did you like scan the uh, the original? No. Or did you recreate it I, or what? I, I recreated it. It's mostly type, so I tried to find the correct fonts. Um, and there's three different fonts on there. Two of them I nailed, and a third one I got pretty close. And I was mm. like, no. And I've used there's websites where you can like fontfinder.com or whatever, and you you upload the font and it tries to narrow it down and i couldn't find the exact font and i was like nobody is going to notice three people <laughs> noticed oh wow <laughs> yeah, like, ah, you funny. should <laughs> yeah you should try copper plate i'm like it's close to copper plate but it's not so uh uh and then mm-hmm. there's like a little star and some some rule lines on there that i that i redrew and yeah, came out came out good you know, you know it's, it's funny. not surprising to me that that people would pick that out because the people that are into fonts are really into fonts. Correct. I was just going to say that. Yeah, and those super are the people that we, <laughs> I yeah, call them font yeah. snobs is what I call them. For <laughs> <students in the laughs> <lab>. <laughs> I've got a friend who's a graphic designer and he lives in San Francisco now. And he is the guy who Land of the font out. snobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says on the sign when you drive into San oh, Francisco. Yeah. It's like, land, yeah. <laughs> no, he he's the type of guy, awesome guy, good friend of mine, but he's the guy that would, you know, be able to pick that out just without even thinking about it. Like that's just where he spends his time and all of his attention. So one uh, surprising. About uh, vintage fonts are really beautiful fonts to look at. A lot of them were just made up by the, the hand painter who painted them, you know, if it's painted on a building or painted on a on a uh, advertising sign or something like that. But it's really as a graphic designer and looking for inspiration for new stuff, it's good to go back and look at old fonts and do what you just did. Like you actually studied mm-hmm. them to try and replicate them. So you had to really take a close look at the detail where the serifs were, if they were serifs or if they were really minute serifs and letter structure is really important. And a, a couple of things that I, that I noticed here, like um, some of the letting between the lines is different. So it's not consistent. And some of the, the kerning between the, the actual letters are not consistent yeah. either because when I do find what I think is the right font and then I overlay it on top, like 90% of it works, but there's a couple weird spacings in there. And so it's just, it's kind of a, a it was a fun little experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember David, uh, when you were at our place and we went to the, uh, some antique shops, mm-hmm. right? So we looked at a bunch of stuff. Do you remember that letter setting kit we found? Oh yeah. Did you know what that's called? I do not. I'll describe it. Maybe Jimmy will understand or know what it's called. We found this thing, and it was a box with um, almost like a little armature where, and it came with letters, and you would set the letters up and put one end of this armature in the letter, and then the other end would hold a pen. And so you would move the pen, and it would follow the path of the hardened letter and, like, trace it. So you could set up with the oh, letter so press a pieces. A pantograph? Oh, oh, is that well, what you would? Okay, I yeah. Guess that so makes one sense. thing follows the letter that's a template, and then another point draws it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's called a pantograph, okay. and you could adjust those pivot points so that the output letter is bigger than right. the actual letter itself. Yeah, that's that's pantographing. That's a way of. It used to be an old way of blowing drawings up. So you'd have the the trace pen trace a drawing, or even the outside of a pattern, while the other one is drawing it bigger. And it's a matter of where those four arms cross and how big mm-hmm. that drawing will output. I, I bought an antique pantograph. It's like kind of an architectural tool. It was really well made. It's like made by like Faber or something. And I never got a chance to play with it. And while we moved, I gave it to my buddy Ryan, who will definitely use it. So I got to, I can get it back from him and demonstrate it. It was like a really well made one. I bought it. At a, I, I bought it when we were at Maker Fair last year. 
couple years ago when we were all together, all the Europeans and all of us, we were at Make a Fair Flea Market on a Sunday. I bought it last oh, year. Oh, neither of us were there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of Maker Fair, uh, what about there there are some people that are pretty upset with you. They're going to have to take it <laughs> up with the network, out. not me. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> I just want to rub it in again. I know. I waited to um, the last minute. That's why I didn't announce it earlier because I was like, this is like, I'm in fantasy land and the fantasy could just, I could like wake up from a dream and be like, forget it, we were just kidding. So that's yeah. why, you know, that's, Every, plans always change, and so I wait until the last minute, and it does. You know, I, I just I can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. I'm just giving you a hard time because I don't have a lot of things to give you a hard time about, so I'm taking advantage of this one. <laughs> no, I feel bad because I wanted um, to uh, wait till you know the thing either got whole shebang got canceled or they said I could work. I don't have to work on that day, but it's not possible. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. It'll be fine. Um, for people who are going to make her fair. Uh, my talk is still going to be going on. Jimmy just won't be there, but I don't know if we're going to, if I'm going to do it by myself or somebody else is going to sit in. We're trying to figure that out right now. Uh, but it's still going to happen. And I wanted to point out because people have been asking me, uh, this is the Maker Fair in New York, by the way, in case I didn't clarify that. Uh, there is going to be a hangout on Thursday night before the fair put together by Matter Hackers um, and... Ultimaker, I think, and it's all 3D printing talk. I'm going to be doing a panel discussion there. We're actually going to be doing talks there, not just hanging out. Um, so there's that on Thursday night that I'll be there, and a bunch of other people are going to be there. And then I believe on Saturday night in New York somewhere, there's going to be another hangout by Matter Hackers and Inventables. So I don't know the details on that yet, but people were asking like if there's an official meetup or anything. And those are the two things that I am officially going to be at uh, and then at the fair as well. So, and I think David should come to the fair because that would be awesome. You could take Jimmy's space. We could make him super jealous. I was <laughs> seriously considering it, and it's not going to happen. Now I have, I have other plans. Yeah, sorry. Gotcha. Lame. Other plans. Lame. <clears throat> I did see though that you have committed, and maybe we already talked about this. You committed to the thing in England, Maker right? Central. Yes, I Maker guess, Central. I did. We are pricing flights and hotels now. And holy cow, this is going to be an expensive trip. Yes, it is. <laughs> because uh, I think like you, Bob, we're going to take advantage of it and use it as a little vacation as well. So we're going to visit other places. Yeah. And I just, all I can see is how much <laughs> this thing is going to cost me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you get back, that money will be spent and you'll have a pile of memories to look at and be like, oh, that was an awesome trip we went on. You have a good way of looking Phone at bill with a memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. What do you have anything that you're while you're over there, do you have anything that you want to talk about that you're planning on doing? Like something you're interested in, or are you just guys just gonna like go around and see stuff? Uh I have no idea. You know, I, I committed and if there is an opportunity for me to present, do or I will. But uh right now I I've just said yes. And it's in what, May, so I have Lots of time yeah. to figure things out. Yeah. One of the things I want to do while I'm over there is um, visit Claygate. So there's a place south of London, a bit, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes or so. And that's where my family's from. That's where Claggett comes from, from Claygate. Oh, yeah. Um, that's yeah. Cool. And it's like a city, like a big city now. But it was started as a little, I don't know, a house with like a village around it, one of those kind of deals. And uh, I was in London when I was 16. I was with a group, and one of the uh, I told somebody that, and one of the 
chaperones was like, oh, I will put together a trip for you to be able to go down there and visit it while you're here. And they like did the research and found the bus thing and or the train or whatever it was. And they came back and said like, here's you know, tomorrow is free. You can go. And I was like, I don't want to go to another place by myself. I'm 16. <laughs> you know, I'm like in another <laughs> oh. country. And then as soon as I got back, I really regretted not taking that trip because it's like, you know, where our family's from. So I'm going to take advantage of it this time. Nice. Do that for sure. Yeah. Um, but we were also talking on Instagram about since the three of us are going to be there, I think we're probably going to end up doing a live podcast on stage oh, next cool. at the event. Yeah. Am I invited? So, um, <laughs> um, well, eh, I don't know. Maybe. Depends if you're doing a TV show or not. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be really awesome. Um, but I'm looking forward to that trip just because of the trip and because of everybody that'll be there getting together. A bunch of people are going to be there. Um, I thought I would switch things up a little bit before we get into what we're going to talk about and go ahead and thank our Patreon supporters. Yes. Do it. So I'm going to do that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat, make sure I say them all correctly. Wise Old Dow, Jedediah Schultz, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Malton Make, A Glimpse Inside, Works by Solo, Torbal Terry, and Make Build Modify. Those are our top patrons, big supporters, and uh, we are grateful for them and everybody else who supports us over there as well. I wanted to throw out an idea for Patreon supporters. That, you know, we do the after show where we talk a little bit after we finish recording and then it gets uploaded just for Patreon supporters and they get to listen to it. I want those people who support us there to post some questions on our Patreon page so they're secret. And then we will start answering some of those questions in the after show. So it's like, oh, you know, yeah, you get to ask directly to us and we will That's try to answer idea. as many of those that way so you can get some direct response. Um, and they don't have to be like, you know, making questions. It could be funny things or silly things or personal things or whatever. But um, you can bug Jimmy about what he's doing in L.A. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. And you can pester him about not going to New York. That'd be cool, too. <laughs> uh, <Man. laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man, this is my one chance to, like, get at Jimmy. So I'm going to do it. Yeah, you're giving him the treatment. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding with you. What are we talking about? You had an interesting idea for a topic. Yes. I've just been talking for a long time, so I didn't want to, like, take it over. I'm going to have you continue talking. <laughs> okay. All right. So I was thinking about um, – I know we've talked in the past a lot about, like, why we do things and why we make choices. And lately I've been and, – and we kind of talked about this last week. But, like, I've been noticing a lot of the decisions I make are just purely because of my my personal stuff. You know, just the way I think through things affects a lot what I do and how I do them. And so I thought it might be interesting to see if we are individually aware of how our personalities shape, like, our businesses or the way we make stuff or the process we make. Or if we're not aware of that, maybe we can um, maybe we can make each other aware of, you know, like, because we observe each other both in this setting and, like, on video and stuff. I don't know. I just I think our personalities have a lot to do with our process and with our decisions. So I thought it might be interesting to kind of just boil some of that stuff to the surface. Yeah. I don't know where Any I'm going to go with this, but I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. That's kind of as far as I got, honestly. Yeah. But I, I could start since I have a couple of thoughts right at the top. I I'm very goal oriented. So when it comes to being in my shop, I know what I have to do and I know how I have to do it. 
everything around me could be falling. The walls could be falling. It could be pouring rain. There could be a huge leak in the ceiling. And I just ignore it. And I just know what I have to get done and when I have to get it done, especially when it's down to the wire and I'm running out of time. I'm the worst at I can completely ignore everything around me and just focus on that one thing. There are people in my life that can't do anything until this is placed a certain way against the wall or unless there's certain things in that way and then what my visual in that direction has to be completely neatened up. Everything around. That's why my New York City shop was always a disaster. I, I just didn't have the time to clean up and I just was always focused on the goal. I mean, my my upstate shop now is, is not a mess. I mean, Brett helps keeping it clean and helps keep it clean and I do too. It's because there's a little bit more room to keep things a little bit neater, but that's one thing that I kind of bump heads with Taylor about. She has to have things very neat and organized, almost, I guess you might say, knolled in a way. And I, and it's nice to knoll things when in between work. Every once in a while, I stop and I knoll the table and I knoll. Knoll means just making everything look in order, even though it might not be put away. And uh, I, I thought it meant take an Instagram photo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> no, no, that, that's a joke. But I mean, oh. <laughs> there are so many knolling Instagram photos out there. Absolutely. So I'm very goal-oriented. So that's a personality trait of mine that kind of annoys the people around me because it's like things could be falling, someone could crash into the building, and I'll just ignore it because I have to finish this. It's like I said, you know what? I'll deal with that when this is done. Nobody's injured over there. We got to finish this. So I'm very goal-oriented, and it's like – and even now I'm on this this, this set, and it's funny. I have lots of assistants that are – there's a very big lag time. And I make this joke on the set, so I go, can I get a two-by-four? And then uh, you guys will watch me pinch my shirt, and I go, can Jimmy get a two-by-four? Because this PAs, because I'm on like a very high-budget show, so can Jimmy get a two-by-four? And then somewhere on the compound, there's like seven other people going, Jimmy needs a two-by-four. Get Jimmy a two-by-four. How big does it have to be? <laughs> and then I get, how big does it have to be, Jimmy? I don't care. Seven feet, eight feet. Jimmy needs a two-by-four that's seven, eight feet long. Seven, eight feet long. What does seven, eight feet long mean? <laughs> seven, eight feet. Jimmy, do you want a 78-foot 2x4? Because we only have 16-foot 2x4. <laughs> I'm not even joking. This is exactly what happens every single time. I said, can I have a wire hanger? Because I want the piece of wire. And they go, can somebody get Jimmy a wire hanger? And then I could hear, like, I see three people talking off in the grass. They're like, where do we get a wire hanger? And I scream, go to the costume trailer. And they go, Go to the co- okay. Jimmy needs something from the costume trailer, and then Jimmy needs a sweater. I think Jimmy said he needs a sweater. <laughs> and so the other day, when I said I need a two by four, and I started seeing everybody pinch the collar of their shirt, talking into the the end of their microphone, I just walked because the place that has all the two by fours and all the extra stuff for the show is like a quarter of a mile away. I just started walking, and like three PA started running with me, like we'll we'll get it, we'll get it. And I was like, you know what? Too many microphone conversations. And I just started walking to where the wood was, and I walked in, and I just kept grab. I grabbed like five two by fours, and I stuck them on my shoulder, and I started walking back. And the one PA runs up and grabs one off my shoulder. He's like, "Here, let me help you." And I I was just had to get, have a two by four because we were about to start the show. They put a saw stop on the set. Nobody set the saw stop up. It was three inches lower than the outfit table. We had to raise the table up, and the only way to raise it up was to put it on two two by fours on each on each leg. And nobody knew the, and nobody understood the sense of urgency. I had to lift the table up, and not only that, get it level level with the outfit table. There's another saw, so it had to be level with that outfit table and the saw on the other side of the outfit table. It's kind of like a Frank Hallworth setup where there's two saws opposing each other. And mm. so I just. And that's a perfect example of my personality trait. It's like, 
let's just get it done. You know what? I'll inconvenience myself for three seconds just to get this done because if I keep asking and waiting for someone to do it, I'll get super frustrated. So I'll hmm. let that story sit for a minute. You guys can go. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you say you're goal-oriented. I think I'm more happiness and satisfaction oriented. Uh-huh. I, I am maybe I should be more goal oriented, but I try to do everything. Uh, everything is focused around like what I like doing the most, what satisfies me, what brings me the most happiness. And that, that determines the projects I do, the types of projects I do, the type of filming I do. And, um, and, I don't, I don't know. That's 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 a major focus in my life of just trying to. Uh, I think I'm a very different person now than I was five years ago. Five years ago, I think I was more of a stressed out person, more of an angry person, and trying to overcome all that, I, I've just become more of a satisfaction oriented type person. That's cool. I mean, I, I, I satisfaction is always <clears throat> is also always the goal. To like when you make it, like when I make, like I made this rolling bar and I really needed like another day with that rolling bar. I was almost hesitant to publish that movie because I needed one more day with that. And when the video was done, I looked at it and I said to Brett, I'm going to sand this thing and paint it one more time. But I don't even know if that pot, if that even happened. We just didn't have any time. So as far as satisfaction goes, I was at about, about 70% on that particular item. But hmm. I, I understand what you're saying. Hmm. I um, it's funny to hear you guys like say what you're oriented toward because I I have something different. I think I'm oriented toward productivity. Like I think that's the thing that makes me feel accomplished is when I've seen change happen. And I kind of talked about this before. Where like growing up, I would always like if I wanted to paint my room, I would always take a picture of the room first and then paint it and then take a picture after just so I could see that like a measured change. And I think. Um, because I, I like to gauge things by the measured change over time. Like I like to be productive. And so sometimes that means getting a project finished. Sometimes that just means making a space look different or whatever. But, um, it's funny because I was trying to figure out, like trying to pull some of this stuff out of myself so that I was aware of it. And I started trying to look around at like, how do you figure these things out about yourself? And uh, so I have this app for my phone. It's called, let me look at it. It's called Sleep Cycle. You ever heard of Sleep Cycle? Hmm. It's like a sleep timer app. Um, and you, it has an alarm clock and stuff. But one of the things, it, it's supposed to measure like how well you sleep based on the noise that you make throughout the night. Who knows if it actually does any real information, like if it's worthwhile information. But I've been using it for a long time. And the reason that I like it is because... Um, you can create these little things, these like line items that say like today was, you know, and there's checklists. And so you can say like, I did a long run. So these are all things that I've entered a long run, short run, medium run, exercised, stressful day. But the bottom one, the only thing that's not uh, like exercise related is productive day. And these are things that I added years ago. And so it's funny looking back at it now, because like the things that I'm measuring my day by are production. And I, subconsciously put that in the app as a way to check whether I felt like the day was productive or not. Hmm. And so by looking at the app, I was like, Oh, huh? Well, that's something that's obviously important to me, whether I, you know, kind of realize it or not. So when I'm going to bed at night, I get to check, like, do I feel like I got a lot done today? And that's a way for me to measure 
to, to compare, like when I wake up in the morning, if it said I got a good night's sleep and I was really productive, maybe there's a correlation there. Maybe not. But anyway, I, I think it's kind of interesting to figure out ways to, um, to find this stuff out about yourself. And in that way, like I was trying to look for uh, stuff that I've subconsciously put in place that I can measure, like, you know, whether it was a productive day or not. I think you can also figure out like ways that you make concessions for yourself. Like if you allow yourself a lot of time to do a certain type of thing within a day, that's something that's really important for you. And that probably has a big effect on, you know, the choices you make. Um, I don't have a concrete example for that, but yeah, for me, it's definitely productivity is like my biggest factor. I think. Yeah. You, you jog something in my memory. One thing I always like to do in any given day is, and, and Brett's been forcing me to do more to-do lists, which I usually just keep in my head, but lately we've been writing them down. We'll keep like a master list, and then when most of these crossed off, we'll start a new one and jump the old stuff back onto the new one. Um, but one thing I like to do is always move every little job just up a little bit. Even if I spend an hour on something, if if the day goes by and I haven't given like something that needs attention, attention, that's where I feel like I haven't been productive. But the idea of moving every little thing along a lot or a little, every, everything a little bit forward. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I might've said this example once on the show, my friend, my, my friend, Mike Dubno, we were at his house and he had the 600 pound Tormac machine on the sidewalk in front of his brownstone. And he said, he goes, can you help me? And he happened to be very sick at the time. So it was just me and, and Welder and his brother helping move the machine and we didn't know how we were going to get it down the stairs, but I just kept moving it. Like, we I go, let's just drag it over the threshold of the sidewalk, down into the garden, past <laughs> under the steps, down into the, into the, into his dining room. And we, he just kept saying, how are you going to get it down the stairs? I go, I don't know, but we know it has to get over there. At least it has to be over there before it has to be right at the steps before it goes down the steps. I go, there's going to be no way in the world you're going to set this thing up in your dining room, right? He's like, no, it has to be downstairs. I'm like, all right. So that means it has to be on the top landing of the stairs at one point. He goes, you still don't have a plan to get it down the stairs? I'm like, we'll figure that when we're over there. That's it. But between now and, yeah. and that happened, this has to at least get over there. And he pointed that out to me. He goes, it's so funny because you just unconsciously keep moving it closer and closer to the goal without really a plan. He goes, but you know that this part has to happen anyway. So that's an example of me moving every little project further along in the shop, whether it's a video or an edit. Like even today, I came back from the gym before I called you guys and I sat down and I, I said, I got whatever, 10, 15 minutes. I just do 10 to 15 minutes on my vlog. And if I finish a section of the vlog, one of the segments, then I feel like I've gotten a lot done. It's that's much. It's that less more that I have to do down the road. So the idea of being pro- productive or productivity, just moving every little thing along a little bit. Hmm. One of the things that I find super satisfying for me is finding the perfect uh, um, procedure to, to do something or or just a, a sequence uh, that makes things more productive for me. So back when I was recording music every day, I would have, I had my template set up in Logic. And so when I would start that template, it would have all the tracks that I needed and uh, I had the, the keyboard at the ready. So I could record at any time and be ready to go. And then these days, it's more camera focused. I keep changing the camera that I use. I keep changing the gimbal or the tripod or the monopod. And even within my camera, I have all the um, all the white balance. I have everything is on manual mode in my camera. So I have the white balance set, the exposure and the gain. And so when I get it into the computer, 
everything is already ready to go. I have a preset that I just drop on everything and it adds just a little bit of contrast. And that that process of is so satisfying. When I find something that works, that just makes me so happy and it speeds up my my productivity. So even mm. I would joke with my friend back in the day when we would uh, we would talk about our music setups and how quick we were able to just turn on the computer and start recording because everything was in the ready. Once we got things set up, it was, this is I'm speaking for myself and for my friend. Um, we didn't we didn't even record much. The the the, the that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah, yeah. It was more <laughs> satisfying to get to that point than to actually do do the thing. And yeah. uh, I, I feel like I'm sort of doing that now with with my with my camera and lights and editing set up but you know I, I i don't know and i'm always yeah i'm always searching for the next best camera something that's going to make me more productive or something that's more satisfying for me yeah i mean i think that's a thing that i do too like i really like systematizing things like getting a process in place <clears throat> and i think there's like i I've gone through the the kind of swing of emotions about that where I'm like, oh, I actually enjoy, you know, putting together a system more than I enjoy using the system, uh, which was something I was really helpful in software development, right? Because I don't care about actually using an app. I want to make an app. I want to make a structure that an app can be built on without actually building the app on it or something like that. It's useful in that situation, but when you're creating content, that's actually pretty counterproductive because you need to create content, not create systems to you know for content creation. But uh, where I've felt guilty about that kind of, or like, oh no, I enjoy you know setting up content systems more than I enjoy creating content. I think like we can get kind of scared about that. Like maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe I'm in the wrong part of this job or whatever. But it's really just. Uh, there are, there's like multiple sides to content creation for that one particular example. Like you don't have to be the person that creates content. You could be a person that creates systems for content creators or whatever. Like none of those things are bad. They're just different views of like the same job and the same type of production. So it's like totally okay to be interested in, I'm, t- I'm saying this to myself, it's totally okay to be <laughs> interested in part of it and not all of it, you know. We're all around the same age, so you guys remember the shift from film to video? Do you remember how many laborious, overdrawn conversations people had about Oh yeah, how the quality of video versus this and this camera and that camera? And the one thing that was always left out of every one of those conversations is a good story. Nobody ever worried about the film they were about to make. All they talked about was the red camera or the Sony DBX100 or the Sony P9, blah, 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 blah. And... I just I used to get so annoyed. I'm like, you you're talking for hours and hours and researching hours and hours about a camera, and you don't even have an idea that you want to shoot. Mm. And when they get it in their hands, all they do they just shoot like cabs and traffic and stuff. I'm like, make a movie with it. You make a movie, you know. At the time, there was no cell phones, but you could have made a movie with like a, a VHS video recorder, you know. And that's what El Mariachi was at the time, you know. So many guys just mm. circumvented like because it was too much to confront. It was like too much to digest. It's like. So that that's where like my personality trait of being goal oriented. I had so many conversations with friends. I'm like, we could shoot any idea on anything. And there was a couple of movies that came out, like El Mariachi and then Hands on a Hard Body. These are a couple of movies that were just shot on VHS tapes that actually got made. 
and at the time I'm like, look, we're sitting in, you know, Angelica movie theater watching a movie that was shot on VHS and you're sitting here like going on and on about the Sony or the, the, the red camera talking directly to a couple friends of mine. They don't ever listen to this, but they're too busy researching the internet. <laughs> but one, but one, I want to bring you guys talked about cameras. Did you guys know about? And I'm, now I'm going to nerd out. I can't wait to buy one. The new Sony R R. It's called the RXO. Did you guys know about this new camera? No, no. It comes out. It comes out in October. Oh, my buddy I did Randolph, see that. My yeah. buddy Randolph told me about it. It's uh, it's to compete with uh, the GoPro, but it seems like it's going to be kind of it's waterproof, but it's kind of more of a studio setting and less of like a action yeah, camera it's a but same super size. high end what like a thousand dollar gopro yeah it's actually right now it's for sale for like 700 bucks or 600 bucks on amazon pre-order i might just wait till it's available to get it but yeah i definitely want to play with it it's got it's got 600 600 700 frames per second slow motion so you can get some like hmm. real good slow-mo so i don't know maybe i'll do some slow-mo dust shots <laughs> you 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 made some good points about you know the the trans transition from uh, film to digital and the same thing is happened with photography you know there was like oh you could shoot film you could shoot digital and music you could record the tape or you could record digital and now i see it in 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 making where you you know you can you can buy all the latest cncs and laser engravers but those things don't do anything unless you actually create you you need to you need to have that story you need to have that that yeah. centerpiece you, know? you are the brain for that thing you, the, yeah. your brain yeah. is the brain for that yeah. thing it's not going to do anything for you yeah i mean i i can say that i'm definitely guilty of falling into that same trap in different ways of just saying like well i don't have the i and i talked about this last week like i don't have the blank that i need to do that and so i just freeze and I try not to fall into that trap, but that's my natural reaction to like say, well, I don't have the, you know, I want to make a table, but I don't have enough walnut to make it the way I want to make it. So I'm just not going to make it. <laughs> like, I still need a table, yeah. right? I still should just like do it out of pine and do it and then come back later and make another one or, or something. But I definitely do that. Um, there's maybe it's a different thing, but I think there's, there's something about that that is both good and bad. Like there's in my, this is another thing I've recognized about myself for this topic um, is like, there's part of me that uh, a smaller part of me that wants to just like, okay, let's just get stuff done. I just I'll go and make a table with whatever I have on hand. There's another part of me that says like, well, let me think through this fully. Maybe this is a different, completely different topic now that I'm thinking about it. But there's part of me that says, let me fully think through this table before I cut any wood, before I do anything to think all the way to the end of it, try to solve some problems ahead of time um, so that I can avoid some missteps along the way, or I can come up with like a more unique solution in the end, because I've thought all the way through it and tried to like add some special features or something. The good part about that is that I potentially will end up with a much better final product, right? With maybe something unique to it. The bad thing is that I spend a whole lot of time thinking before I do anything. And there are several projects that have never even seen the light of day. They've never gotten started because I'm still, there's got to be more that I haven't thought about yet. I'm going to suggest you full time back on itself and you make and think at the same time. Whoa. You have an extra day. I do. And I, that is a (laughs) – well, I mean, you're joking. But, you know, that's what you do. You think on the fly as well as pre-plan, right? You Mm, think and you you make changes as you go and stuff. I'm like, I know I'm going to make a table out of wood, so I get wood. And then I start making and then I think about what it's going to be. Yeah. 
But you, you like make decisions and no, you I modify don't. things as you go, and it yeah. ends up being great. I have a hard time doing that naturally, so I try to stretch myself to do that, but that's definitely not my kind of natural tendency. A mental change that I've been trying to do lately is um, a lot of times, whether it is making something in the shop or problem solving something in the house, is when somebody asks me, like, hey, can we do this or is this possible? My first reaction is always no. And then no because. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to stop myself from doing that and say, hmm. Let me think about that. I'm trying to I'm trying to approach these these problems in a different way instead of immediately saying no. Because I I I look back and I'm like I'll think about it like an hour or two later. I'm like why did I why did I say that? I sounded like I sounded like a jerk. I should have given it some yeah. thought. You know. Have you maybe this is not related, but have you ever seen that movie Yes Man? I'm not sure. I don't know that I've actually seen the movie, but the premise of it is the guy was super negative and would always say no. He was self-centered and he was very, you know, no, I'm not going to do things for other people. I'm not going to answer your question, whatever. Me, 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 me. And he decided to start saying yes to everything. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> and so so the, the point is that, like, it dramatically changed who he was and what he got into and the places he went and the things he got to do because he was willing to say yes to stuff that he wasn't. That didn't benefit him or didn't wasn't comfortable for him or whatever. I mean, I don't know that that's a great way to live because that could get you in a bad spot. <laughs> but it is an interesting idea. Right. Like, you know, from the perspective of, well, for me personally, I get a lot of uh, ideas for projects from people over YouTube, leave them in comments. And I'm constantly just looking at that like, no, why would I do that? Like, no, no. You know, I never say that back to them. I usually just leave it un, unresponded to. But in my head, I'm like, no, why would I make it? Like somebody said the other day, make a bird cage, a large bird, large bird cage. No, <laughs> I don't have a bird. Like, why would I do that? But, but if I can back out of that for just a second and be like, okay, no, I don't need a bird cage, but maybe there's something there. Maybe there's, there, there's some cage, some container that I've never thought about making. How would you make a bird cage? Like, what are the mechanics? What are the needs of that? And how can I use that in another project? See what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, instead of just being what you're saying, instead of being resistant to things right away, at least take a breath and look at it like, is there something worthwhile here? Is there something that could be good for someone else or me or... You know, you know. I have a suggestion for both of you. Take two little place, take a place card, like a playing card, and write, like spray paint yellow on one side that says maybe and green on the other side that says yes. And every time somebody says something, you just go, Maybe. Yes, maybe. <laughs> yes, maybe. Like when you're when you're with your spouse, it's like, hold it. Can we add an extension to the house? Just say maybe. 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 <laughs> Don't say yes because it's too expensive. Say maybe. Yeah. And then well, say, okay. The key there is I have, to, I have to go and wind the hose up. I'll be right back. And then you get out of the conversation. Well, see, the key is to paint both sides of it the same color and put maybe on both sides rather than a yes. That way you can always – you can never be wrong. You can just say maybe. That's a great idea. That's, Pro yeah, tips. That's the magician in you. That's great. Uh, well, you guys have any other, like, personality traits about yourselves that you've or, – or about – let's okay, let's flip it around. Do you see anything in the other two of us that you think has a big effect on what we do and how we do it that we've not covered already? Uh, I'm not sure I, I completely understand what you mean, but I will answer, I will say this when okay. I do 
make something uh, or when I'm working on something, I will question like, hmm, I wonder what Bob would think if I did this. Or I wonder what Jimmy would think if I did Hmm. this. Or like, how would Frank Howarth do do this? I always, uh, I I always kind of, when I'm making things, I have these other people in my fake audience watching. Oh, that's true. I, I do that same thing as well. Like, I compare myself to some of the people I've been watching or some of the things I admire. I mean, I'm going to recommend this old Tony because he and I did a, a little collaboration th- together. And whenever I'm at the CNC machine lately, I've been thinking, like, how would Tony do this? Or, you know, what what is – he makes things – he's, like, so, like, precise but in a playful way. He's, like, he makes machining fun and, and interesting. And I, I try and take a playful approach and, you know, I, I'm just like a gorilla at the CNC machine. So I, I have a hard time getting outside of my gorilla suit and just going back to being more precise. But yeah, I definitely have those, those same sort of things. But when I think of you two guys, I think of Bob, I think of you like analytical and taking the, the very analytical approach. And Dave, I think of you as a, as a, a latent comedy writer, like trying to take comedy to the screen for, for what it is you're hmm. working on. You know, that's kind of like my general. And, and and Bob, I see you more of as like a college professor. And Dave, I see you more as a, as a comedy writer. As a college student. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, like when I, like, yeah, you yeah. know, like, the, the, like the, the broad stroke of the two of you guys, as far mm-hmm. as personality hmm. traits go. Interesting. Let me jump back for a second. You're talking about like the imagining these other people in your audience. It's funny because I do that too, but in an opposite way. <laughs> and I didn't, this isn't intentional, but I've caught myself doing it several times. And it, I don't, I get, maybe it's good. I don't know. But I've done a few things or I've thought through like, okay, I'll, I'll make this this way. And my in, immediate response to that internally is like, who are people going to say I'm ripping off? Mm. <laughs> so like, if I'm going to do it this way, all, like, oh. Do that too. We think of the, the, the haters. <laughs> Well, it's not really, it's not that, it's more like, um, okay, if I'm going to do this this way, I learned this process from Jimmy, from watching one of Jimmy's videos. So people are immediately going to say that I'm ripping him off. You know, I'm learning from whatever. I'll write you a note. You can show the note in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hold it up. Like, he gave me permission to do this too. Um, No, but the point there is that I think that actually challenges me some ways because I use that as a way to say like, okay. If Jimmy would, I've seen Jimmy do it this way. Is there a way that I can like take it further? I can do something right. different, but use the same knowledge. And so I think it's good in that it forces me to, by comparison, to try to stand, try to do things like take the knowledge that I've seen from somebody else and do it in a little bit different way to make it more unique. A, a specific example of that is um, so a, a while back I made like a little like a spinning caddy for like a bunch of uh, paints and adhesives and all this stuff from my old shop. And it was, you know, I had to cram a bunch of stuff in a small space and I didn't look for any inspiration for that. It was just like off the top of my head, Hey, I'm going to make this little thing. And there were a bunch of comments that said, Oh, like way to straight rip off Adam Savage and his thing. And I didn't know what they were talking about. Um, and so I actually asked one of the commenters, like, can you give me a link to the thing that you're thinking of? And this, he gave me a link. It was an entirely different project. Not at all. Like not even the same thing. They were both like organizers <laughs> That's right. about where they ended. But the point is like now for the new shop, I'm thinking about making this rack, um, to hold clamps on one side, on the other side, a bunch of supplies so that I can have a rolling supply rack to take around. Like I'm blessed now with a big enough shop that it's kind of annoying to carry a whole bunch of clamps from one end of the shop to the other. 
So I'm gonna make a big rack to have all these supplies with me. So I'm in the shower this morning, I'm thinking through this, this rack and like how I can build it. And my first thought was, how did Adam do it? I need to go look that up so that I can do it differently. Huh. <laughs> not out of spite, not out of spite or anything, oh, yeah. but like, so to avoid that comparison, to use the good parts of what I see other people doing, but a way to make it my own and to make it stand out and to make it useful. Because, like, if I rehash what somebody else does, that's not necessarily And then also you got to make it personal for you because there's supplies that only yeah. you use in conjunction with other supplies that only you use. And how you're going to organize right. them together for, for what it is your workflow is. Right. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting thing that about myself that, you know, like I – I do that same kind of comparison, but not from a, like an inspiration standpoint, more as a, to, you know, to be differentiated, maybe, maybe it's a pride thing too. I, I can fully admit that. Well, I think, I think we all do that either consciously, like you're talking about, or subconsciously is where we see, you know, like some of the bigger inspira and I think some of the bigger influencers on YouTube, as far as influencing other YouTubers is like someone like Frank Hallworth, who takes such a special approach to stuff. And people like mm. Mateus, who who are constantly like pushing the envelope on all little this and that. So I think I, I know me from my personal experience. I'm constantly like looking at something and seeing what they've done and taking the inspiration from from it, and then then regurgitating it in in my own in my own way. <laughs> Make sense? <laughs> yes, except that I don't want to see a video of you regurgitating things in your own way. <laughs> well, it's funny the way like I, I talked about this before, but Dave, how you and I met? I made the stool. And and then I just I, I po published it and then I reverse engineered the process of getting oh I wonder I hope nobody else did something like this and then the first <laughs> thing that popped up was one you did and then I wrote to you and I was like oh dude I just did this blindly I wasn't copying you I hope you don't mind and then that's how we became friends yeah, so I was like holy crap Jimmy Daresta just contacted me <laughs> to, to apologize for something I didn't get accused of yet <laughs> <laughs> did anybody yeah. ever accuse you of it. Uh, maybe, maybe, but I mean, I'm like, I already cleared it. I got my note. Yeah. I got my <laughs> note. <laughs> I got my permission Want to see the email? <laughs> That's <So>. funny. <clears throat> yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, you guys have anything else on this? That was fun. Yeah, that's it. I don't have anything else to say. Well, we can think it, maybe, maybe we'll throw it into the after show if we come up with yeah. anything else. Ooh, okay. Um, well... You guys been watching anything cool? I know, Jimmy, you have so much free time while you're just sitting around on set in your, like, big old golden director's chair. Yeah, yeah, have. yeah. I have, like, um, seven monitors in front of me playing everyone's channel. <laughs> nice. Like Casey, you guys watch anything cool? I, well, I was going to say, like, Casey, I have The Godfather playing 24 hours a day, but it's all it's everybody's channel. One thing I, I want to talk about, everybody go check out this old Tony. He and I did a collaboration, and I think I showed you guys early on when we got started. I, we made the knuckle duster and Tony wrote to me and said, Hey, I, I really love your, your whimsical ideas and the funny, playful like concepts you come up with from time to time. He says, I can make anything. He goes, but from time to time I lack good, rich concepts. He goes, let's collaborate. So he, I, I said, give us a topic. What's a topic? Just as a starting point, he goes, let's, let's redesign the shop duster. The thing that you put at the end of the compressor hose to blow off your work. Hmm. And the very first idea, I was in a cab a couple days later, and the very first idea I thought of was called the knuckle duster. And it's the, the blowgun combined with a set of brass knuckles. And it was just a joke because of the pun on the word knuckle duster. So I drew that out. And then I drew out like seven, six or seven other ideas. I sent all of them to him. And we, we zeroed in on the knuckle duster. And we did a couple pencil sketches. We It was a great collaboration because we went back and forth a couple times, which really isn't in his video, 
we went back and forth a couple times and discussed the the uh, the ergonomics of it and back and forth. And then I zeroed in on a design. And he he keeps when you watch his video, he makes it sound like I am like the full solid art director. And then I told him exactly, we went back and forth. He's being humble in that regard. But uh, and we settled on a design, and he just machined it from a block of aluminum and made the valve and the lever and and it's it's a prototype he's going to send it to me and we're going to take a close look at it uh, i'll show it in the vlog once i get it in my hand i'm definitely going to talk about it today though in the vlog but he dissects a project and it's he really gives great insight so he did two videos the the actual making of which is kind of an abbreviated and then he did the cad version which he, he works in solidworks and then he jumped from solidworks to the uh the cam uh, in Fusion 360. So he talks about how he did all that. So take a look at this old Tony's two nice. videos in a row. The last two he posted about the knuckle duster that we designed together. I want to point out something really cool that you said, and you may not have even paid attention that you said it. Um, but I wrote this down as a reminder for myself. You said to come up with a challenge just to reinvent something, and then you moved on. <laughs> yeah. But that's like such a fantastic point of like like last week I was talking about being stuck like that yeah. sentence right that phrase just reinvent something that's awesome because you no matter where you are no matter what you have around you you can look around and just pick a thing and yep. say like how can that thing be better ah that's great yeah yep. thank you yeah the material card. so yeah. yes I'm doing it that's today's project I was going to pick that video the, this old Tony video, if Jimmy wasn't going to, because it is the the prototyping video is so well done. I've uh, I'll be honest, I've never watched this old Tony until that video came out, and instant subscriber because he explains he's so the he's so good. It's I was wow. a lot of times I'm playing a video and it'll be in the background while I do other things. Like this one, I was just like stuck to the TV. I'm like this, and is he's got your sense of humor. You really love his yeah. subtle. Like if you go back and watch, he's got so many videos like that that are as well well done as that. He's yeah. got such a subtle, really like cutting, funny sense of humor. So my backup pick is Kyle Toth's Rubik's Cube sculpture. Oh Have yeah, you guys that seen great. that? Yeah, yeah, yes, R really good and and creative. We uh, Kyle was over at my house last week because uh, the install was in Cleveland a couple hours away. And uh, I was talking, like, the thing that sets this sculpture, um, that, that makes it so good, is that it sits at an angle. It's not just, like, a cube yeah. on, on a base. But just it's floating. Move, just Yeah, it's floating, and it just changes the look and feel of the whole thing and makes it super cool. Awesome. I haven't watched that video yet. It's in my list. My list is getting shorter. I'm actually starting to get through my list, which is great. I have uh, music for this week. So I've talked about in the past, like my favorite drummer, uh, Darren King, was in Mute Math. Well, it turns out, like a month ago, before their new album came out, he left the band, which is super lame and like <laughs> a little bit heartbreaking. It's kind of uh -huh. weird that, that, that I care about it so much, but... Like it, it, I don't know. It's weird, but their new album came out a couple of days ago, and it is, it is crazy. It's really good, um, but like it's really good from a songwriting perspective. They're they're great songs, great lyrics. It's a really cool like idea for an album and stuff. All the songs kind of work together, but from like a, a purely sonic standpoint, like just the way the sounds that they come up with and the way that they build this these just insane. It's like. 
usually when you, when <laughs> I don't even know how to say this, usually when there's really good music, you can hear like, oh, there's a guitar, and that guitar has a really cool sound. You can hear the guitar thing. There are points in this album where all of the instruments are happening at the same time on the same note, and you can't tell what is what, but it sounds awesome. Mm. It's just like this, this just mash of instrumentation and effects to a point to where like the song has a sound rather than the instruments having a sound. Not really sure how to explain that, but if you like really well produced, really <laughs> interesting stuff, you should definitely at least just listen to the album. You can stream it for free on uh, like Amazon and stuff, so you don't even have to buy it. But you should definitely go listen to it. It's called Play Dead, and it's very good. Oh, another thing I want to point out real quick. I don't know. You guys don't have Amazon Echoes, do you? Nope. Google Homes. Boo. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we have several of them, and they released a feature that is super cool, and it's multi-room audio. So we have, like, I have one in my office, little Echo Dot. I have one in the shop. We have one in the kitchen, one in the living room, because they're pretty inexpensive, uh, the dots. And so now you can create groups, and you can say, like, Hey, little, I don't want to say her name because she'll light up in here, but hey, little Amazon person, play so-and-so in the basement. And then all of the ones that you have in that group will start playing the same song synced up so you can walk from room to room. And it's just like the Sonos speakers. I know this isn't anything new, but it was a feature that they added for free. And it's just like super cool. I have a question for you guys. Now that you have somebody listening to you 24 hours a day, do you open up your computer to Google and it's like the last thing you talked about with your wife shows up without you even typing it in? <laughs> Stuff like that happens. <laughs> No. no, I am not one of those people that are worried that okay. technology and the government okay. is watching my every move. Yeah. Right. If I was doing something illegal, I would be worried about it. But if they're really that interested in the conversations that my wife and I have, then they're going to be sorely disappointed. No, like so, you're like, I yeah. think we need a loon lawnmower, you know? And you open up the computer and it's like, on the sidebar, it shows five new lawnmowers. And it also says, huh? are you 50? Are you balding? Like, no. Jimmy, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. On your laptop? Do you have a piece of tape over the camera at all times? No, right now, not, not right now. No, but I, I if the once in a while, you know what happened to me about a month ago? The green light was on, and I was I didn't have the apps open that would have the light on, and I'm like, what? And I was like holding my thumb over it, trying to figure out why it's looking at me. And hmm. I you had just asked it. Yeah, why, <laughs> please don't look at me anymore. No, it was the, uh, the I didn't realize it. It accidentally got turned on, and I actually I got rid of the icons. So I can't find it. It's the photo booth, and the uh, I never uh-huh. used the photo booth, and the photo booth somehow got opened. Mm. So I, you know, if you do, I don't know if you do any keyboard shortcuts, but if you do like Spotlight to open Photoshop, I put in space PH, but photo booth is the second entry there. And so if you were doing that to open Photoshop, you could have accidentally opened Yeah, photo booth. somehow it got opened. But I, like I said, <clears throat> I, could, I didn't recognize the icon because I never look at it. And I, then when it showed up, I made sure I deleted it. But uh, <sighs> that was scary, though. I was like, why? Okay, who's looking at me? Why, what, <laughs> what, 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 there are two want? types <laughs> of people in this world. The people who put tape over their laptop camera and the people who don't. <laughs> You want to hear something funny? Yeah. Because uh, I was like in the invention business for a long time. And once in a while, I develop products. My friend goes, I have a really great product. I'm like, what is it? He's like, uh, eye patch. I'm like, okay, what is it? And it's a, he goes, it's like a little, you get a little pack of tape and it's like a little dot. You put it over the camera. I'm like, oh, you mean like you just fold a business card and cover your camera with it? It's like, yeah, I go, no one's buying that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised. There go, are, go there on are Shark far Tank worse products out there. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Dots. Cool. It's well, you good. guys got anything else for this week? I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. done. I'm done. 
Okay. You know what I love? What, what you know you what love? I love? I love that we're done and the day starting for me. <laughs> That's what I love is that we got this out of the way. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Bye.